Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. Hello, it's Flex and Frooms. What's your name, Flexi? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was our sexy Rumi voices. said we had to do sexy voices. And unfortunately... Of all the sexiness I have, it's not, I'm not storing it in my voice. Going straight into your mask, Yoni. Yeah. My sexiness is like, it's in the eyes, it's in the body language, and it's in general sex appeal. Sex appeal. It's not in the voice though, unfortunately. Um, I'd say mine. Hmm. I like to think that I have a type of, how do you say, cute sex appeal? Like you don't know you're beautiful? Catch me at the right glance, you think, wow, what a gorgeous woman. It's so funny because I'm processing and I can't speak at the same time. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Like I said so many things in my head and I couldn't get them out. I'm so sorry. Listen, if you want to send us compliments, perhaps point out some beautiful things about ourselves that we wouldn't have already realised. We should do a survey. Like in what way are these two girls sexy? <laughs> Australia Please put something health, healthy. healthy. Let's keep it pushing. Listen, it's been a bit of a fucking crazy. I said, let's keep it pushing. <laughs> Flex and Frooms. They're the best. What a duo. Cater. Froomey is yawning. Yeah. I'm talking earnestly and require your full attention. I thinking a lot about uh, the fact that I didn't take a gap year. And I don't know why it's haunting me presently, but turns out you must process the things that you experience. I just feel like a couple of weeks ago I had a thought that the whole benefit of, you know, deciding to work in an unconventional career space was that I wanted agency and autonomy over my life. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, I got to get one of those jobs that lets you do that. Then I got one of those jobs and then started operating in a conventional way. Yeah, babe. In a full-time nine-to-five way. Tread wife. In a nine-to-nine way. In a always-on way. In a doesn't want to take a holiday because of work way. I said, how far have we strayed from the point? <laughs> How far have we strayed from if I just become a DJ, now I just get to like hang out for <laughs> yeah. a living and now I'm doing work for a living like everyone else. Yeah. And so I said, okay, cool. Now I've clocked the problem. What is the solution? And then I was like, okay, what's holding me back from just living a more of a free life? And I was like, it's not even the work. It's the stuff. It's the fact that I got to pay rent to live in this house. And every time I take a holiday, I do the math. I'm like, I'm paying rent for this house and rent for an office space. And if I don't use the, and rent for the parking for the office space. And if I don't use it, then when I'm on this 10 day holiday in Greece, then I'm paying an extra $2,500 because of all the other overheads. Like this is not hot and sexy thoughts. Then a friend of mine last year, they working, they're a couple, they work in a creative industry. They put their stuff in storage and just yeeted out of here. Wow. And just did it. Poppy and Harry? No, not Poppy oh. and Harry. Mia and Harry. Oh, true. Yeah, put their stuff in storage and just left. And that, when, I, when I heard they were doing that, I was like, oh, this is so brave. It's not brave at all. It's actually quite, it makes, it's quite, quite sensical. Put your stuff in storage, go do your job from wherever and live your life. So still do the job, but in a different place. Well, yes, because what's a gap year when you have responsibilities? 
Traditionally, a gap year is a year after high school. You take a break from the institution and you just mess around for a bit, figure out what you want to do, what you don't want to do. You ease yourself into the, the, the decision of like, do I go get a job? Do I go study? Whatever. A gap year for me, like new and improved and aligned with my lifestyle is that kind of freedom, right? I often find that I think that work is the thing that like makes life really hard to like be free. It's not. It's the way that I work. I literally, bar this show, but we'll talk about it, can work from anywhere. Mm. It's the emails, it's a camera, it's a phone, and then you do it. It's been done. We work from anywhere. But I'm like, the thing that's really weighing me down is like, the having one place to live and all the stuff that comes with it and the responsibilities of that one place. It's the rent, the electricity, the home content insurance. It's the the stuff like filling the space. It's the groceries, it's storing the groceries. It's going in and out of my parking garage and I don't have a remote one. So I got to get out of my car and like tap the button to the thing and get back in the car. It's those things. And I said, wait a second, if I'm paying insert a big amount of money for my house that I rent and my mortgage. Oh, Jesus. Oh, babes, not in these, oh, not in this interest rate. The RBA says the interest rates are going up. I said, it's too much. The RBA said personal attack. Personal the, attack. Oh, it's too much. I'm like, wait, I take that money. Cause I'm not about, it's not about spending less money or more money. It's like taking that allocation. Mm-hmm. Go live a little bit. Chica. Babe. Go to Panama for three months. Sutton, three weeks. And do your emails from there. Change the scenery. Tell me why in this economy you wouldn't just move to Melbourne. Riddle me that, sis. Is that a, is that a question yeah. for me to answer? Yeah. Because okay. we were going down that track. Oh, we're let's getting there. You're throwing around Panama and Greece. But let's be honest, you're going to be going down. <laughs> you're going to be going Look, Melbourne, I'm really down for, right? Mm. The thing is, it's part of the big plan. You know, Mm. it's part of the big plan to be anywhere and nowhere. But with the newfound freedom I'm giving myself, let's push, push the envelope a little bit further and then come back. I just don't want to be anywhere long term right now. I think that's what's getting me down. I'm like, I can pop up in Melbourne for three months, but I better hope it's the best three months ever. Just pop down for three weeks, pop there for three weeks, pop there for three weeks, pop there for three weeks. What do you do? Because you've got staff. Yeah, everybody works from – it's flexible working. Work from where you want. Work from home. Work from here. Hmm. Someone manages the warehouse already. In Melbourne? Yeah. What suburb? Clifton Hill. Clifton Hill. you got a warehouse in Clifton Hill. Yeah. Babe, you should have done Clayton. I don't know what that means. Before you make any more Melbourne-based decisions, speak to me. I'm the queen of Melbourne. (laughs) But, yeah, the point is I just feel like – you know, I was talking to you when I got back from Ghana. We had this conversation when we got back from Europe as well, that holiday feeling, being like, oh, you know, you walked 45 minutes for a sandwich. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Regrettably. Would you do that in Sydney? I don't think you would. Not in this – no, no. You wouldn't. And I want to feel that way. Like I could walk 45 minutes to get a sandwich. And I'm not going to be able to do that unless I shake it up. So we're shaking it up. How do we plan to do that? I don't know. My lease ends in six months. I'll think about it then. Oh, six months. Yeah. But I'm thinking, everyone's like, what about your home base? I'm like, are you going to have a home in Hobart? That can be my home base. Yeah, no shit. Got options. Is, yeah. Is that up on Airbnb? Yeah. Cool. Who's managing that? Me. Cool. And, you know, the house manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is exciting, Flexi. I'm glad... You can be flexible and I'm glad that you're paving a new way for us to look at how entrepreneurs can live their life. Girl bosses, take note. 
Also, how not to let the Sydney rental crisis fuck you. Yeah, mate. I'm so like I locked something down pre this boom. Mm. What an absolute cataclysmic disaster. Yeah, it's hectic. Even Melbourne's not looking good. Really? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I think I saw um, Says, who's that TikTok creator. Oh, yeah. Can't find a place to Come live. On. I saw that. Needs to find a place so bad she put it on TikTok. That's when you know. Yeah. Desperate times. Damn. Well, I'll come back to you next week and think about what I want to do next. I'm kind of fucking with Sydney, I must admit. Oh, I like it all. You know, I just don't like. Move. I'm not talking perma moves. I'm talking okay. like digital nomad 2023, like. Where is your base? I don't know. I spent three months of the year in Miami and then I'm coming back here, you know. I'm just trying to take advantage of like, you know, those places you can go with an Australian passport because you don't need, um, you, can, you need a visa and that's it. Australia is a really strong passport. We'll talk about it later. Flex and Frooms. By popular demand, I have come to the table with more moral dilemmas for your head top. This one is... Uh, a very controversial one. Picture this, your best friend. And if you don't have someone you call a best friend, just your go-to, your closest person, your day one, whatever you want to call it. They've made a new fast friend and they're becoming inseparable, sharing memes, hard posting each other, hanging out every other day. The issue is you don't like this new friend. For some reasons, all of the qualities you dislike in a person, they have. What are you doing? Ooh. That's so hard. I know, right? These things happen all the time, I must admit. Too often. Where someone it's it's so weird when someone hangs out with someone that is totally someone that you think their values contradict. But I think in this instance you need to remind yourself everyone is like everyone has duality and there's part of your best friend that you don't like that they hide from you. And so they're getting their feet of that part of themselves with this other friend. Like there's always one degree of separation and that one degree can really shift the balance of who is actually who someone is. Yeah. It's tricky with friendships because the stronger my friendships get, the more territorial I become. And I've never been a territorial ter- I've never been a territorial friend before. In high school I had like my two, three four closest friends and then floated within everyone and everything. Any party from any clique, I was there rubbing shoulders, making friends, right? Same in my like early, like late high school, early 20s and same now. However, I find that the people I've kept really close with, I value a lot that I'm like, I don't want to lose this. Mm. And now I see you sneaking around with a new friend and there's something about that comparison that happens where you're like, damn, I don't want to have to start doing fun things with you again. Like we've surpassed that. <laughs> yeah. But I see you doing fun, fresh things with them. And now I'm like, okay, so should, should we go bowling? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Let me know. We can go bowling. Don't make me have to start putting effort back in. Don't make me have to start doing that. Don't make me have to start replying to the TikToks. Oh, babes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a log. There's a log in the chat. Whatever you do, don't, don't bring it up with your friend. It's not their problem. <laughs> oh, no. For now. For now, give your, I would say give yourself time to process what it is you actually feel about this. Are you feeling territorial? Are you feeling insecure that you're going to get left behind? Do you really not like qualities about that person or are you just feeling a bit like defensive about your friend having a new friend? I think it requires like a little bit of time with yourself to be like, wait, how do I actually feel about this? And then when you have more of a coherent idea about what's going on, then you share the burden. But in the early stages, you're just burdening someone else with this like, Fear, guilt, shame that you won't process on your own. You don't have to do it all on your own, but we need some coherent thoughts. True burden. I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Imagine I go tell you, Frumi, your new friend, I don't really like them. You're like, okay, 
Oh, I like them. Now what? Yeah, it's only going to deepen the rift. Yeah. That has possibly started to occur. Dan? Flex and frames. Flex and frames. Cater. Never miss a beat. We ask the big questions and we also answer them sometimes, mostly subjectively, with very little research. But what we lack for in fact-checking, we make up with passion, enthusiasm and excitement. Can I get a hoorah? Hoorah. Hoorah. Turn it up. Turn it up. Rookie? Hoorah! Thank you so much for that. The New York Mag has released a brand new article. It's called The 194 Rules for Life. They've surveyed the internet and said, are there any social situations that make you feel uncomfortable, awkward, a bit confused, and you just don't know what to do? Ask us. We'll give you a definitive answer. They've provided this list, and we're going to spend the next couple of days, if not weeks, unpacking them all, seeing if we agree, and if not, we'll give a better answer for you. Of course. Rule number two. You may callously cancel almost any plans up until 2 p.m. At 2 p.m., there's still ample time for your friend, if they so choose, to text around and find another dinner companion. By three, they almost certainly will be alone for the night. This doesn't apply if you want to cancel on someone who is cooking for you. In that situation, you have to tell them the night before. Frumi, do you agree? Absolutely. I'd never thought about it that way, but I would be quite comfortable with a 2 p.m. cancellation because it really does open up the whole day. That being said, though, broadly speaking, I'll take a cancellation at any time if there hasn't been, like this person said, prep done beforehand. Yeah, if I'm going to my Woolworths Mm. and collecting some goodie bags. Yeah, no stress. If I'm buying the expensive salmon, you better bloody pop your bussy to be there. Yeah, dinner, free gig, bar, like it'll be there the next time we can go. If we bought tickets to something, you better hope we're in a similar financial situation where it's not impacting us in any bad way. Otherwise, you'll be um, paying for your ticket regardless. I'm not going to be going around trying to find a replacement. That's on you. I will say I hate a cancelled plant. I used to be a bit less um, levitious. What's that word? Lascivious. Lenient? um, No, like levitious. It's like... Wow, out there. Okay. Um, a little less that with my plan. So when someone would cancel a plan, it was like the worst thing on earth. Nowadays, I'm very good with the flow. So I, I could definitely call someone else and get them on. Mm. And you're good at that. You're very good at um, like wrangling oh, and creating yeah. moments. Thanks, sis. Flex and firms. Harry Styles obviously was at the Grammys a week or two ago and he won Best Album. It was a little bit of a um, Kanye moment in the um, – in the hall, I was hearing a lot of people hooting and hollering when he won the award. Mm-hmm. Um, but he powered through, I think, valid as well, some of the criticisms. He, in his speech, he said... Um, this doesn't happen to people like me. <laughs> Which, when I saw that video out of context, and to be fair, like we've talked about before how we used to both work in like youth news and entertainment. So at one point, we were really on top of these things. You can't pay me to watch a Grammy. I don't know what's happening. I just catch what's on my TikTok. But I did see about this Harry Styles thing. That phrase, this doesn't happen to people like me, is part of a speech and a script he says at all of his shows. And he's been doing like back-to-back shows for like 72,000 years. And so his fans noticed that he just done the same script. Now, in the context of a concept of his when it's all his fans, they know his story. They know he's a small-town guy, went on a, a reality TV show, la, la, la. But in the context of a room full of people who are in similar positions where you are, it does happen to people like you. You're in the room. (coughs) You're in the room. (laughs) Oh, I think he's innocent. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Harry, it's just I'm seeing the tide turning on TikTok, everybody roasting his outfits. Leave the king alone. (sighs) Do you like his outfits? 
no. But also, did you also hear that um, people were complaining about um, his performance, said it was a bit lacklustre, and it's because he did this choreography on a turning uh, turning stage, like a turntable, um, and during they had spent 10 days rehearsing it and the turntable was going one way and when it came time to perform it went the other way spun in the opposite direction and so everyone knows it's hard to walk on a treadmill backwards let alone forwards like it was bad so you know it's a setup it's a setup so he didn't have a fantastic yeah he got stitched up very embarrassing but he won a grammy so go off and then i came across this tiktok as i said i wasn't across all this thing i just saw the sound but so let's have a listen to this when i look at harry's grammy outfit i have the same thought as when i think about the fact that his tour will be ongoing lasting into july which is that we're we're still doing this we're still we're still doing this at this point this is so expected from him that it almost feels corporate like on pride month when events are sponsored by a bunch of banks you know like I can also just see his team getting together and they have their plan for the year of his aesthetic, his wardrobe, the mood board. This was part of that plan. And they were not going to stray from that plan, even though the public is a little fatigued of this. And it's like, you know, we're down for the direction, but just zhuzh it up a little bit. Surprise us. The Grammys, have fun with it. Because at this point, it's the same as it was. So what you did there, sis? I like that one, little pun at the end. I don't vibe with this. I think that... This meaning... this. I don't vibe with this whole thing that, oh, he needs to change it up. Like, we're getting sick of it. Who's we? Okay? I like Coherent. I see that the brand has put a lot of effort into it. And let's not pretend that he has agency to choose these things. And that's not like... That shouldn't be his fault that that's the way the pop music works. But it's the way the pop music works. Okay? Yeah, I... I I find the reason why I'm less enthused about staying up to date with these award shows and this news and this gossip is because there is always going to be someone, especially on TikTok, who is running to create the counter narrative. Everybody's saying this. Let me say the opposite. So it, quote unquote, evils, evens out the conversation. But it's just devil's advocate behavior, which I identify with and align by. I will say, though, had he have gone to the Grammys wearing a three piece suit People would then say, you see, the glitter stuff was just queer baiting and la la la. And, you know, why would he go to one of the biggest music institutions in the world and not do his glitter stuff? You see, he was only doing it for money. Either way, it was about to be a problem. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But thank you for the content, Harry. Poor Harry, a downtrodden, glittery king. (laughs) A downtrodden, (laughs) Grammy Award winning millionaire celebrity. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.